10 Reasons You May Be Vulnerable to a Narcissist. You've tuned in to When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. I take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power, tap into the truth of who you are, and live your best life now. Number one. The narcissist checks off all the right boxes. Successful, attractive, talented. They got you fooled, but that's how they live their lives. Number two, it feels comforting for someone else to take control. Okay, I've been there, done that, and regretted every minute of it. So you have to be careful who you allow to take that kind of control in your life. Because behind this control and this in control personality that oh baby I got that I'll do that you, you control freak okay just beware number three you enjoy being entertained these jokers are entertaining male or female boy they just will be the they attract people they attract people in their careers and in their lives people who don't really know their behinds but they attract people and they can be very entertaining Make you laugh and everything, so I ain't mad at you there. Just beware of what's behind it. Number four, the narcissist knows how to impress, and you feel impressed. They've been doing it all their lives. They're darn good at it. I'm not saying these people are good at it. I'm just saying that be aware of what you want in your life so that you can see the signs when they come up. Number five, the narcissist's positive assets blind you to the fact that he or she is not relating to you. They're charming you. Go back to one through four above. See, I can be charming. I can love bomb you. I can be all the way attentive to you because I've got a backstory. I've got ulterior motivations. Okay. It doesn't charming someone doesn't necessarily mean that they give a rip to even know you. Just saying. Number six, there may be some insecure part of yourself that craves being with someone seemingly so perfect. If you go to my previous video, I talked about when I hear these brides talk about, oh, he's perfect, that it's a warning freaking sign. Nobody's perfect. Look, everybody going to get on your nerve at some time. You just need to make a decision in the dating relationship as to whether or not these things are deal breakers for you. Number seven, if you don't know what you want in a relationship, you might believe that being a mirror for a narcissist is a form of intimacy. Take a breath. If you don't know what you want in life out of a relationship, and when we're traumatized, man, we've spent most of our life just treading water. Man, let me just survive this. And we've been told we're unworthy that we're no good, that we're not capable. We've been treated that way if the words didn't come out of their mouth. So if you're under that relentless pressure, then you do come to a point where you begin to believe the stinking lie. It's the human condition. So know what you want and don't assume that this person is what you want just because what they're showing you on the surface. Number eight, 
If you were raised by a narcissist, you might be vulnerable for a narcissistic relationship. And this gets back to those ingrained subconscious expectations that are born out of our self-protection, self-defense. It just happens, man. I have seen it happen a million times, y'all. Daddy was a drunk. Daddy beat up mama. I'm never going to be like daddy. And you wind up being like daddy. I got to tell y'all, my mother used to get on my nerve. We did not get along growing up. And here I am. I look, I'm the one out of all five of the kids that look most like her, have a lot of her mannerisms. And trust me, honey, I used to be like her. Those I said I used to be. See, I don't mind all of the good traits and everything, but I became so much like my mother that it was ridiculous trying not to be my mother. I don't know why it works like that, y'all. This just gets back to those subconscious expectations and not dealing with the trauma to the extent that we're just repeating the same mistakes that our parents repeated because they weren't talking about our healing from their trauma. We were raised by traumatized individuals, so that's got to come out in how we see the world around us. That's my best explanation. Number nine, if you're accustomed to being an enabler, for instance, you had an alcoholic parent or somebody with psychological or mental health problems that weren't treated when you were growing up, then you could be fair prey for a narcissist. And this gets back to some things I said last week. It gets back to some things I said in an earlier video that we can't be what we haven't seen. And when we're raised in those kind of situations, then we tend to be enablers. I didn't want to accept the fact that I had codependent tendencies. And it was a therapist pointing that out to me that get, that led me to get rid of and cut loose the narcissist I cut loose eight years ago. So just know that if you have this in your background, you may be vulnerable to a narcissistic relationship and I encourage you to get therapy so you can work out some of these internal dynamics and not draw, draw that in your life because once you get in the grip of a narcissist, it ain't no easy win breaking loose from their behinds and I ain't even gonna lie to you about that. Number 10, you're probably quite attractive. Most narcissists accessorize themselves with that arm candy good-looking partners. So congratulations on being good-looking. <laughs> I ain't mad at you about that either, but might make you more vulnerable to a narcissist. I'm going to let you get by this week without story time. Or am I? Am I? Okay. Yes, no. You ain't getting by without story time. So this is a little bit off track but it's related so the narcissist that I was dealing with this is one of the reasons why in one of my much earlier videos about dating relationships and I think it's called dumpster dive relationships I may have talked about this 
their backgrounds matter. See, now, when I was in my 20s, I was Miss Altruistic, and I'm not going to judge them, and, and I'm going to let them be. I'm not going to judge them for whatever they've been. Yeah, look, that crap do not work, okay? And I ain't 20 no more, so I don't have no time to ignore this anymore, okay? This is the deal. The reason their backgrounds matter is this very thing. You want to know what kind of upbringing they had. And this is not about being judgmental. If I know, like with my narcissist, that he was raised in a household with two alcoholic parents. And at some point, I don't know if his father died or just left the family, but he was raised by a mother that was so alcoholic that she wasn't capable of being there for those kids. She wasn't capable of that. And... And for me to know that that's the kind of challenges he went through in childhood would set me up to know what to look for right now today in the relationship to tell me whether or not that person dealt with that trauma. See, it ain't about, oh, oh, no traumatized people, please. I'm a traumatized person. You're a traumatized person if you're watching this probably. So it's not about that. It's about what did they do with that? How did they heal from that? Did they heal from that? And you need to know this because this is going to tell you, okay, I'm coming through some trauma. I'm healing from my trauma. Do I want another traumatized individual in my life if they have not dealt with it? Because trust me, if they have not dealt with that internal thing going on, then they're not going to be capable of being there for you. And this is not to say that just because somebody's traumatized that they're narcissistic. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that you need to know so you know what to look for and make a determination in your own interest not to be involved in that situation. Now, with this guy, uh, he's the narcissist as a result of his trauma. And, well, let me just put it like this. So, and this is in the book, but whenever I would ask him about any detail of surrounding his relationship with his mother, he clammed up. Well, I have to tell you that someday, yada, yada, yada. And he would not talk about that. Now, that should have been a red flag to me. If somebody can't talk about something, it's one of two things going on. They're hiding something deliberately or they just can't talk about it, in which case they haven't dealt with it. Warning signs, both of them. Okay. And so I found his Bible one day and I noticed that some things fell out of it. And I noticed that one of them was the... Well, there were a couple of funeral programs in there, and one of them was his dad's. But when I looked through there, I couldn't find one for his mother. Now, what that told me is there are such deep-seated issues, possibly with his mother, that he didn't even want her funeral program with him. Warning sign. See what I'm saying? Well, I was years into the relationship by then. It was no time that it, the damage had been done with, with regard to my relationship with him. But this is the kind of stuff that I needed to know. So 
You're not going to be a narcissist automatically just because of childhood trauma and just because somebody has a traumatic background, childhood or adult, does not mean that you need to just cut them loose because of that. And you need to know it because you need to be able to see the warning signs in their lives if they've never dealt with it. That's story time for today. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams, and you know what I'm going to say. You just say it right along with me. Your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Know that truth. Thank you for joining me today on When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime Podcast. Schedule your free breakthrough session now at lindafwilliams.com. That's lindafwilliams.com.